Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. And a heads up, this episode contains sensitive content that may be upsetting for some listeners. Please read the warning in the show notes before listening to the episode. So, um, look, I'm not going to lie. Yes. We're already recording. We just go with it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. Let's talk about money this time. <laughs> yes. So, everyone, thanks for joining us on My Millennial Money. This is part two of Alicia Aitken Radburn. Is that how I pronounce Yeah, it name? was bang on. Giddy up. And then part one. Derailed. supposed to be the one and done. <laughs> But we got derailed earlier in the year. So we're just here to talk about you and your life. So who are you? Oh, who am I? Alicia, um, if I was going to um, start with a question like that. <laughs> well, I've listened to my millennial stories and I've heard this question and I've thought the answers are so lovely and people describing themselves like vivacious, bubbly. I think I could probably go bubbly. I'm yeah. like an optimistic person, um, somewhat energetic, less so as I get closer to 30. Um, I have varied interests, everything from RuPaul's Drag Race to obviously politics that derailed our whole first attempt at this. Um, And I guess the reason why I find myself here chatting to you, Glenn, is that I've found a really... I've found a really big affinity and belonging in the personal finance community. And I listen, I consume basically every Australian personal finance podcast, Facebook group, Instagram. And I just really, I gain a lot of joy from it. I think we're all looking for a little bit of belonging in different communities. And I think that people who listen to your podcast, like I think you talk about the My Millennial Money community a lot, and I think we really need to sort of reflect and come back to how, how wonderful that community is and being a part of it. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, we talk about the My Millennial Money community, like, there's one thing that we've all got in common. We want to do better with our own money and our own financial goals, whatever they are. Everything else is after the fact. Yeah. Like, you know, we talked last episode on politics. Well, that's actually after the fact. If you want to talk politics and, you know, get rage bait in the Facebook group, well, it's probably, it's not going to end well because people just end up deleting their post or we boot you out because, you know, yeah, <laughs> and I'd, unbelievable. I'd almost say like not to delve into the politics very much at all. But mm. when you say it's after the fact, I think that, you know, for me personally, the reason why I've sort of gravitated towards personal finance and wanting control and financial independence for myself in this life is probably because I 
find the political landscape quite challenging as an individual or have done at various points in my life. So it sort of forced me to what force is probably too strong a word, but it has made me attracted to just looking after my own little patch and doing as well and being as safe and secure for myself as I can and my future family in this Mm. life. Mm. Yeah, and that's it because I think, you know, our views on the world, insert topic here, being after the fact of we're all here because we've got personal finances as a passion in common, it's not to say that your views of the world aren't real, not to say that your opinion isn't valid. It's just more to say that, you know, we can leave some stuff at the door and we can all talk about share, like a share investment. And I've learned the longer I do this podcast, I can't please everyone and I won't. <laughs> but, you know, if to a point, buying one share in Woolworths, I don't even know what the share price is, buying that share in Woolworths, remove the ethical lens, Yes. but that share isn't religious. That share isn't um, of a different heritage. That share isn't political. You know what I mean? So it actually doesn't matter. Yeah, well, I would think, I, I would say to, I'd say that like, I think we just need to recognise that everyone comes to this community from a different lens. Like some people will be in, you know, all of these communities, yourself, any other, any of the other Australian personal finance peeps. Um, so some people will be there being like, I want to get rich. Like I'm going to be, mm. like I'm going to have all these investment properties and all of these, like I'm going to invest in that dirtiest miner that I can find because I think that's going to make me heaps of money. Oh, but love other- that black gold. <laughs> So other so some people will be like, you know, Richie Rich hat on, mm. but others will be like, I'm coming to it from a point of survival. Like I yeah. earn money because, you know, and it's, that's probably shifted over the time. In university, it was like, I could really do with an extra $5 right now to go get myself like a Macca's dollar deal. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's Absolutely. more like now it's more like creating my home and creating my future life. Um, and I think yeah. we just need to sort of, yeah, acknowledge that people will be coming from different places and that's okay. So what place did you come from? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Sydney in Lane Cove and um, it was just me and my mum. My mum's a single mum and um, has done an absolutely fabulous job. I'd say probably the the very quickest context is that we didn't grow up with very much. My childhood was sort of, uh, you know, the beats of Centrelink and, um, you know, really scrimping and saving and all of that jazz. I think that Mm. probably a lot of listeners have had similar experiences. But that being said, my mum never, ever, I never had any, you know, apart from the fact that sometimes she would say, this week's a Vegemite sandwich week. And that would be like code for, okay, we're really like (laughs) at the end of the wallet here. Um, But other than that, you know, going through primary school, going through high school, I was never without anything. I did all the extracurriculars, never missed an excursion. And Mm. uh, that, that was really 
that that was really fabulous. So I had an awesome childhood, but I just think that that's definitely my childhood's definitely informed how I think about money um, and how I act with money um, because I was, you know, so hyper aware of political changes or how difficult it is to get Centrelink and all all of that. So, what did your mum do for work? So, my mum was a beauty therapist um, and just sort of plotted along. She, yeah, she worked really, really hard, um, supplemented by, you know, single parent payments. And I think that that's, I think that's, that's where you get sort of into this difficulty where if you're sort of a a low to middle income earner, raising one child um, and trying to give them like the best of the best, Mm. I I think that that is where we felt really stretched. but so, yeah. like a lot of people hearing this, if they know Sydney, would say, like, particularly right now, today's standards. Yes. Oh, growing up in Lone Cove, that must have been difficult. So, but, I mean, it, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Con- more, yeah. more context. We lived in community yeah. housing. So, yes. it's, it's, it's slightly different from housing commission in the sense that, like, um, the way affordable housing policy works is, you know, housing commission is generally um, groups of flats that are in the same sort of location um, and, and as a community, whereas community housing sort of focuses on placing people in existing housing, but at a subsidised rate. So yes. I, I've spoken about this on my own podcast that is very much more political. It's called In the House and in the Senate. Um, but in order you know, public housing wait lists are just awful around the country. They were they were when I was growing up, they are now. Mm. And so in order to get into that subsidised housing, um, there was actually a period of time where mum and I stayed in a women's shelter in Sydney CBD um, because that was sort of the only way to, you know, expedite the process and be on the priority waiting list and finally get into a home. Gosh. So for those, and I'm probably one of them, you know, the housing commission, quote unquote, where it is like the suburb and it's just every house is part of the housing commission. Do they even still call it that? I don't don't think so. Um, But yeah, I think it's a very 90s term. So please excuse. Yes. Whereas, you know, the subsidised housing, that was literally... Are you, is your mum on the lease and then the government subsidises heavily or is the house owned by the government? How does that work? I am not, I'm not quite sure. I think Mm. that, I think I, I'm going to get this wrong, but I I think potentially it's owned by the government and Mm. then it's just subsidised rent. Yeah, yeah, cool. But I was fact, always I, like going back to the point of sort of always being under an illusion of perhaps how much we were struggling. I I never knew. I was off to ballet. I was off to jazz. <laughs> I was yeah. I was doing violin yeah. and piano. <laughs> yeah. Um, affordable renting housing in New South Wales, and this is New South Wales, it will probably be different everywhere, is usually managed by non-profit community housing providers or private organisations. Um, and there's all different types uh-huh. as well. Like in my day job, yeah. I work with um, a homelessness services provider. And I guess what I've become a little bit better acquainted with is the housing continuum. Like you've got everything from 
crisis accommodation where people are rough sleeping and need a bed for Mm. the night and hopefully get connected to some sort of wraparound services around mental health, AOD, alcohol and other drugs, um, Mm. all of that jazz to sort of send them on a good path. Um, So then you've got crisis, you've got transitional housing, which is a little bit longer. So perhaps someone who's come out of a mental health facility um, in potentially being discharged into homelessness, they can stay there for a longer period of time, sort of like six to 12 months. And then you move into the sort of affordable social housing, um, which is really for your like lower income earners and I'm just, I don't have all the answers, but this is where my passion lies of this Mm. sort of helping people escape this cycle of poverty because it's very hard to do your income versus expenditure, hard to do Glenn James spending plan when you've got your, your rent is 70% of your income. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, So, but it is a bigger problem and I actually, you know what? We're just going to go back to you because I don't want to talk philosophies. <laughs> One more thing I'd say on this yeah. would be that like this is where we talk about job seeker and in the context of COVID when job seeker, it really got quite a significant boost. And mm. the one thing that a lot of people said who, you know, are on job seeker is that finally that they had the sort of mind space and capacity of just having like that extra 200 bucks a week to sort of sort out their lot in life, just yeah, progress agreed. a little bit more. Like you sort of mm. move from that survival to being able to propel yourself forward. So um, that's what I do Like to mm. get it back to me. That's what I'm trying to like sort of move my career in the direction of because I do want to be waking up every morning, going to work and feeling like I'm making a difference in someone else's life. And I think, you know, I've tried to do the evaluation. This will fit into my millennial career. Um, Mm. Try to do the evaluation of like, what are my skills? Um, What is my experience? I've got government experience. I've worked in politics. I think I'm like, to take it back to describing words, I think I am quite vivacious and bubbly. I can connect with people. So where does that lead me? Like maybe eventually I'd really like to sort of go into the executive levels of a not-for-profit and get some stuff done. Yeah. So, are you an only child? I am. Yeah. I don't know if you said that before. <laughs> Excuse me if you did. Yeah. Um, I am. And what's mum doing now? So, mum is currently living, she has a little place in Townsville. Um, and she is just sort of pottering, I'd say. She is had a rough, like, sort of start of the year. Um, and yeah, I, it's it's kind of hard, I think. She's just trying to get herself to a place. Like, she's in this stage at the moment. Sorry, you can probably edit some of this jumble out. Right. Um, no, where she, she's like, she's 63 and mm. I think she's experiencing her own challenges around ageism. So, for instance, she was a beauty therapist. It's very hard as a 63-year-old woman who perhaps, like, finds it difficult now to stand on her feet all day and yeah. wax people. <laughs> like it's quite physical work. Absolutely. Um, and Not that I've had a wax, but I can imagine. <laughs> well, Glenn, <laughs> the time oh, is yeah. now. Um, it's quite physical work and it's also hard to go into an environment where like, you know, when I go get my eyebrows waxed, it's usually like a 23-year-old 
TAFE student. Um, it's yeah. hard. She And she has done it. She's like gone into environments where she's working at the Brazilian Beauty in Brisbane and with a bunch of 23-year-olds and a 26-year-old is her manager who's, you know, younger than her daughter. That's a ch- that's mm. challenging. Yeah. Did, did she like, you know, break out of the community housing cycle? Yeah, we definitely did. She, so there was a period um, sort of in my, I'd say like my high school period where Mm. she actually owned her own business in Lane Cove. It was called Art of Beauty and it was just, um, you know, one room. She had a really she she was really um, she is amazing at what she does best eyebrows in sydney um <laughs> and and she really managed to she has a very loyal clientele and we just really ticked along for a while and i think that was a period of time where um there was slightly less pressure and you know i started working as well i was working at the french bakery for $7.85 an hour <laughs> yeah yeah oh that that's good and then you know, is there any uh, significance to you and your broader family in Townsville? No, you know, you know, no, you know what it was when, so towards the end of her time in her own business, she was, I, I think a lot of sort of financial pressures, different things sort of compounded at the same time. And I was finally at an age where I was at university, I was the president of my student union at um, mm. Sydney University, which came with it, like, I think I got 20,000 bucks a year. And so I had little, like, 20, 20 grand as a uni student is like, you are yeah, rolling cool. in it. And so I was finally, she, there, was, she, there was a bad day where actually her electricity at work, she came back to find that it had been cut off. And that basically engendered a bit of a menti B. Um, as the kids are saying, bit of like a, you know, just, yeah, just a bit of a hard day. And so yeah. I remember I I got on to, you know, Expedia or something, booked her. I knew that Townsville was her sole place, like somewhere where she felt really happy. Mm. And she was, back in the day, she was an aerobics instructor up in Townsville. And I just tried yep. to think, she needs to get out of this situation. Um, and I booked her uh, a week on the Strand in Townsville at one of the little apartments, booked her flights, and she went up there. And then she rang me back uh, midway through her week up there, very, you know, decompressed, and said, Leash, I'm going to move up here. So you better find yourself a place. <laughs> and then I was, wow. that was like my first time moving out of home. I was 23, I think. And you shipped your mum off. <laughs> yeah. So mum mum fe- went back to her soul place. Um, and she's been, you know, back back to like what she's doing now. Um, another thing that I should raise, and I hope, I mean, I don't think she's ever going to listen to my millennial money, but um, so I just feel a bit sensitive talking about her so openly and what's mm. been going on for her. But I think it's important. We always talk about like people, particularly older people, retraining. She went back to TAFE over the last two years. Um, awesome. Obviously, like COVID's been really difficult and she did an aged care. She was doing an aged care cert. Um, she hasn't quite finished it because, you know, it's also really hard. It's hard for older people to go into tertiary or vocational education. Like I remember navigating my university systems and those were awful. And so for like a 
an older person who, you know, is probably just trying to like get their head around their MacBook. How are you meant to like? Well, the thing is, um, yeah, there's a lot going on there because age 60 in this society isn't old anymore. Yes. Like, so we will have different roles and always learning and always doing education. Yes. So it's just, we've all got to kind of deal with this. And so I think if we're going to talk about like retraining people, I just think that we need to, and if this age is being pushed out even further and further and we're, you know, dying later, which is great, um, we, we just need to make sure that that is, that comes with, you know, appropriate supports, not just, you know, here's a MacBook, you know, you've probably very detached from technology after being a beauty therapist for 30 years. Go for gold. There's a but coming and it doesn't help people that might be there at the moment. But if you're under 30 and you're listening to this, you've got an absolute warning that, you know, life's long and the older you get, and the more money that you have, the more options you have. Like that's just a fact of life. So that's why if you're under 30 particularly, keep away from consumer debt. Start oh, those habits now. Glenn, and this is why like looking at my mum and sort of the struggles that she has had with, you know, a line of, line of credit here, something over there that has compounded her financial pressures. It has Mm. completely, and one day I'll speak to her about this, it has completely shaped in a a positive way. I wish it wasn't such a pressurized situation for her, but it's really shaped me getting serious and consuming all of your media and John's opinions on property. It's it's Mm. made me want to set myself up for the future. So, what took you to Perth and when did you go to Perth? So, um, I came to Perth for love. Some oh of your gosh. listeners may may have seen me fall in love on Bachelor in Paradise season three. It was my second go. Um, and, yeah, fell in love with Glenn with a double N. So, my partner Ooh. is also Glenn. Um, and we'll be seeing you at the Perth Live show on August 5. Oh, awesome. I'm so Sweet. excited. Oh, I'm glad you're coming. Yeah. So, we, we met in November 2019 and on the show, obviously, fell in love. I was, he was in Perth. I was in Sydney. He has his own business, um, Perth City Air. Shout out. If anyone needs a refrigeration mechanic, he has got all your service and installation so, needs. <laughs> So the one that you're on, it was all the chicks and the one dude or was it all the dudes and the one chick? Okay, so Glenn, in order to qualify for Bachelor in Paradise, which is like the island spin-off show in Fiji, you have to go through the Bachelor or the Bachelorette. So so like Glenn was- like a Hunger Games. Yeah, Glenn was, it was like round one, fight. Um, So Glenn was on Angie Kent's season. She was on Gogglebox. You're not a reality TV person. If I was talking about Boston League, You'd be like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Angie or West Kent, Wing, <laughs> exactly. So, and, and I was the honey badger. So then we both got rejected. We ended up on an island, and as I said, I did it twice. So the first season, I went to Fiji. I did like fully fall in love with a guy, and he was uh, not into me. <laughs> Unrequited wow. love, which was very sad. Um, and then I was nearly not going to do it again, but I did it um, and met Glenn, and then. So we'd been dating for about four months 
Mm. at long distance and then COVID hit and I wasn't working in Sydney at that point in time. I'd sort of left a workplace that had become quite toxic just after filming, so around December 2019. And uh, so I'm sitting there like COVID's hit March. I'd just been travelling, month in Bali, two weeks in Cambodia, those were the days. And Mm. My, some of my friends in government over here in Western Australia knew I was dating Glenn and they were like, hey, just a heads up, like we think Mark McGowan's getting really serious about this border situation. You should probably think about what you guys want to do. And I packed up two suitcases and I still had a lease until July. So a good couple of like three or four months in Sydney. I just packed up these two suitcases, moved to Perth. I was also like, didn't, I had 10 grand in savings, but I didn't have income coming in. Um, and Glenn paid our rent in Perth while I was paying my rent in Sydney for four months. <laughs> Gosh. But isn't everyone on reality TV rich? Absolutely not. I was like begging Warner Brothers, who was the production company, because, you know, I, Bachelor in Paradise was a good payday. Um, how much do you, how much do you get paid on reality TV? So the bachelor is 90 bucks a day and, um, <laughs> I, I will, yeah, so it's not great. It's really not Sorry, great. Just... I mean, you don't have, you've got your, your, your rent at home still going out, but you don't have any. You probably like... earn more as an extra on having <laughs> yeah. away. So bachelor in paradise, you graduate a little bit and I'll say this because I know it's publicly available on the internet. Yeah. Um, generally people negotiate higher amounts, but it's usually sure. 500 bucks a day. Um, so, you know, spending three to four weeks in Fiji, I had left with like a good little pay packet that was going to keep me going. Um, but I was, usually they pay it once the show has gone to air and because of COVID, because they didn't have anything else into, in production, Channel 10 pushed Bachelor in Paradise's airing into August 2020. So there was this period that I was in Perth basically like knocking on their door being like, please, can I have my money? <laughs> yeah, far out. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, we're back. 
So you're in Perth. Yes. You're in love, whatever that is, <laughs> and you're resetting up your career, your life, blah, blah, blah. So fast forward, what are you actually doing now? Okay, so now I am a strategic communications consultant. I work for a company called Sec Newgate and we do a variety of things. A lot of it is government relations. So we help companies talk to government, help them with, um, you know, I, I, my, my niche is not for profits and I help not for profits with their advocacy. So, you know, yeah. if they, want a particular policy changed or they want to, let's say, as we were talking about, let's raise the rate of job seeker. I'll help them develop and deliver a campaign. Um, and so I, I did fall on my feet, but that was a difficult time because I was unemployed for about seven months there. People were sort of, there were job ads up there during COVID, um, the, you know, 2020 COVID, but it was like the job ads were there, but they weren't really actually hiring. Um, And also the other challenge was I had only really ever come from Labor Party jobs. And this was the first time sort of presenting myself to the private sector and presenting makes it sound like something different. (laughs) Um, But you know what I mean? Like I, it was the first time going out without that. There is some sort of security and, Basically, in the Labor Party, if you're an active member of the Labor Party, they know you're committed to the cause, and this is political parties across the board. You're a hard worker. Usually, if you're in a spot where you're unemployed, you can sort of just shout out to the ether, hey, guys, I'm available. I really need some work. Um, Similar in other industries, like I know it happens in TV production as well. Like if you've been a producer on this show and this show and this show, and you've got all that network and those connections, you sort of just like let it be known to some people and they'll look mm. out for you and, you know, so that's so really, that, that's proper networking there. Yeah, so the seven months of no work, it wasn't literally I'm not earning oh, one Oh, no, I was on, I was on Centrelink. A, yeah, yeah, I was on yeah, Centrelink for a period. But you weren't earning for, from personal exertion. Um, like you weren't employed. No, I wasn't, I, I was unemployed. Yeah. 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 What was that like for your own mental health? Uh, really difficult. And p- particularly like I was in a new city as well with no, <laughs> no support structures, no friends, often going into lockdowns. Um, I was, it was a beautiful- And having someone pay your rent. <laughs> yeah, that part was good, except my Sydney, re- my Sydney yeah. rent was way more expensive than Perth rent. I'll tell you. Guys, mm. I'm really, I'm really leaning into Mark McGowan's campaign here, but- Perth is just like, in Sydney, I felt like I had absolutely no hope in the world, particularly when I was single. Like I would like to think that I could have made it happen and I I probably would have, but I'd be looking at like a $500, 600 k shoebox apartment somewhere. Here's a random thought. Like I've got lots of friends in the States and a lot of people that we know and hear of in the States, like they always move around the States. Like no one moves in Australia. Yeah, I know. Like, if you're struggling on the East Coast and you've got a bit of flexibility and you're a bit young, you've got nothing hugely tying down, bloody go and go try Perth or Adelaide. Like, Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I really think that we should sort of start having that conversation because move over to Perth and finally, like, okay, my, my salary is increased um, and 
house prices, like Glenn and I are looking to buy probably within the next sort of, we probably got a, cause we got a very expensive wedding to pay for. Um, mm. and then probably two, a year or two after that, we're going to give, like, we're going to really put, put the pedal to the metal on saving for a home deposit. Um, we are going to be able to buy like a 700, 800K family home 15 minutes from the CBD. Yeah, shut up. It's good. Isn't it? <laughs> it's so good. So your when is your wedding? Okay, so wedding is April twenty second, twenty twenty three. And have you like you've got a big wedding to pay yes. for? Like, have you still got a good enough profile to be able to say to like Women's Day or oh. New Idea, hey, can you buy the photos or <laughs> I w- twenty grand? Are you? I wish. Well, I mean, uh, I think there's a there's one thing before that. Mag- I don't think magazines really pay anymore. I think oh, you'd unless be, you're the royal family. Yeah, I think you'd be lucky to get like a grand or two. Like, oh, I okay. think I think gone are the days of paying someone sure. ten thousand dollars for their wedding pics. But you know, well, Women's Day, anyway. Women's yeah. Day. If you're listening, do hit me up um, because gladly. Um, yeah, no, unfortunately not. But I would say, you know, the flip side of that is that The Bachelor has led me to be able to do the sort of influencer side hustle, which is uh, less of a side hustle, is more fruitful than my actual day-to-day <laughs> salary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, big money in social media marketing <laughs> and you would, you would have a sense of it, Glenn, through the work that you guys do. Yeah, um, so do you still generate a bit from your social media? I generate more than my day job. Yeah, yeah. It's, I it's, I heard it's, you're right. yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I have to say on that point, like I get a little bit frustrated at myself. I'll be in conversations with people and everyone is curious about the social media content creation world. Um, and I find myself a lot of the time justifying the work that I do by being like, uh, but through the money saying, oh yeah, like the HelloFresh. But also they paid me X, Y, Z. And I actually think I get frustrated at myself for doing that because I actually really like it. Um, I really enjoy the work. I really like the whole process from I was doing, I, I now do have a talent manager just recently, but for a good two years there, I was doing my own everything. So from, mm. you know, the point, initial contact, negotiation, in content creation, invoicing, everything, um, figuring out like when I needed to pay GST, like I was sort of coming up to 70K and I'm like, oh, okay, now I've got to figure out this whole GST thing. Yeah. Um, I really love that whole process. And uh, the content creation itself is a really creative outlet that um, my day job can be a little bit dry at times. Bit of yeah, I actually, research, report writing. <laughs> yeah, like our team, like Nate does heaps of video editing, audio, and JP does like Insta stuff. Well, like the other day when Nathan was on his honeymoon, I, I had to do a promo for <laughs> or someone like that. And I like set up the camera in my kitchen. I filmed it all. I did the editing myself on Premiere Pro. Amazing. And, like, I just, it it's, was it's fun. It's a fun process, right? And I find that like what I've also enjoyed about the whole experience is I'm always. The amount of edits the agency want <laughs> crap me to tears and I almost told them to shove it up their ass and don't need your money. And we'll, we'll, we'll I think that you've got it. the same approach as me. I'm also the <laughs> shove it up your ass. If you, I'm like, I don't need it. <laughs> I'm on to the next thing. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I think what I also like, and you know, you'll be doing it with your ring light in your kitchen um, and Premiere Pro, I'm always learning new things as well. I'm watching other content creators. I'm figuring out like a new app that helps me to do this cool light thing or whatever. Mm. And I love that. Like I love learning. Yeah, it's it's just a good outlet. And, you know, my team were joking like, Basically that week, I kind of was in this creative mood and I did the videos and then I recorded like stock market crabbed itself. So, I recorded a solo podcast. I edited it myself. I uploaded it myself. Oh, yeah. And everyone's like, do you actually need... Did you hear that one? Yeah, I, I loved it. Sirens and the, I lo- the scary. The, and then you did it again scary. on the yeah, podcast the investor with John. Podcast. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Stresses yeah. me yeah. out to no end. Is that like... Yeah. The, did you like YouTube nuclear war sirens? Uh, yeah, I, I looked, I tried to find some like royalty free type music that I could use. And then I got like the the warning siren, the woo. But I mean, like it was of the time because I did open up my, uh, my self wealth the other day and it was probably my mm. first. It's really funny because like, and so to finish off the timeline, I start working in about August 2020. Um, that's when the show starts coming out as well. I think it would have just been like, I was halfway through the season when I got my job and my boss was like, you know, like you, nothing about reality TV. And she was like, is there anything that I should know? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I do have this like one conflict with this chick called Kira. We're like sitting at this banquet and she was like, I do not care. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So like I was, the, the season was airing when I got my first job. And that was basically when I got my first job, when I got my first job in Perth and I started working again. And it was around then, around October, November, once I had, you know, Two, two-ish grand coming in a fortnight that I really sat down and I did my like split of how my money, I do like sort of a zero-sum budget, um, yep. flicked it all off into oblivion every time my pay comes in and that's when I started investing in shares and we've done really well. We've I've accumulated quite a bit of money um, because I've been very committed and it was that with the nuclear war sirens that I opened mm. up self wealth and it was like down a bajillion dollars. But there's no cause for alarm though. <laughs> well, there's no cause for alarm. And to be honest, um, more than anything, I sort of took it as like a because it's the biggest loss that I'd ever seen on my screen. I sort of took it as a wow, you've done really well. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of money in here now <laughs> for it to be. Yeah. So. <laughs> Okay, so how old are you and Glenny? Um, so, Glenny is 35 um, yep. and Leishi is 29. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And, like, you're not 18 and, you know, getting married next year, so you've had a bit of experience out in the wild. Yeah. What's it been like merging your lives together and how are you doing that? So, I uh, really, really well. <laughs> Um, (laughs) Cool. Well, we'll leave it there. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening. It's really Uh, great. You've been real. I've been Glenn James. I'll see you later. Um, I think probably the the first thing to say is I think we are very lucky in the sense that we have very, very compatible approaches to most things in life, personal finances included. Um, I never really thought that I would land with a person who is – 
we just like, we really seem to just have the same thoughts, aspirations, goals, and that makes everything a whole lot easier because I think, you know, if to talk about like relationships in general, I think that, and you see this in lots of personal finance media, um, they'll talk about things like the difficulties when you have one spender, one saver in the relationship. And I would say that, you know, Glenn and I are, I'd say we're probably like a hybrid. We sometimes, mm. we're the sort of, we're both the sort of people that at, at one point in the year, maybe a couple of points through the year, we'll go to Maya and we will spend a thousand bucks on a whole new wardrobe and then we won't buy clothes for another six months. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so it's good to be in the same sort of rhythm like that because it means that you don't get those relationship conflict points where Glenn's just gone to industry and spent 800 bucks on board shorts and I'm like... Well, that's not my priority. I, I'm just able to be like, oh no, I, I know your behavior because it's very similar to mine. Um, and let's leave it at that. So from the practical perspective, like we've decided to join finances in the sense that we've got a joint account that we both put a certain sum into each fortnight. And mm. we've also decided, so like we sat down and we sit down every sort of six months and reconfigure it. So for instance, we had to do one, we had to sit down for a little finance date recently because we live in a three bedroom place. We were, um, as of this week, we are now living there alone. Previous to that, we lived with Glenn's got a twin brother and we lived with Glenn's twin brother and his brother's boyfriend. (laughs) And so our rent, our rent has, (laughs) our rent has doubled. Uh, And so we had to sit down and sort of redo our savings. And so at the moment we've got like the one account that both sums of money come into and then we put some into a house deposit account and some into an account, which I'm calling big happy, which is for like holidays, furniture, um, alcohol. So (laughs) all the big happy stuff. So your investing account, yes, like you've both decided that we're getting married. Well, I guess you have both decided that unless someone's doing it unwillingly. (laughs) Um, You've both decided that you want to buy a home to live in. Yes. You've got, and I don't know what Glenn's got in terms of investments and whatnot, you've got self-wealth account you mentioned. Yeah. Have we said, okay, we're pressing pause on investing for a hot minute and putting all energy towards the wedding fund, then we're going to put all energy towards the home fund, then when the dust settles, we'll then continue investing or have you gone or we're still putting a monthly amount in the investing account and saving concurrently for the other stuff. How are you guys doing it? So I'd say probably like the, the, how do I put this? What do they say in the castle? The vibe of the thing? Yeah, just vibe yeah, it out Yeah, I think generally yeah. like the, the what you've described, that is generally the vibe in the sense that like we are mostly concentrated on the wedding at the moment. Um, any little bits and pieces like the cream on the top, for instance, I generally view my influencer cashola as yep. I I've usually my usual behavior has been that lands in my account and I transfer it straight to self-wealth um, just because it's not like I've got a normal sort of day job wage um, that you know covers 
I should be able to, if the influencer stuff fell away tomorrow, which it very well could, um, yeah. I could absolutely operate on my day job wage. Um, yeah, it's not mission critical. Totally. So I've just been filtering that to investments. Um, so yes, the vibe is there. I'd say where it probably differs slightly is that to get into the wedding budget itself, let's say, I don't really want to say the amount that we're spending because mm. it's too much money. But, but we'll say 60 grand. Let's say whatever. 60 grand. You're not far off. Maybe a couple mm. more up. Um, yeah. We'll call it 75. And we'll no, it's not 75. In between okay, those well, figures. Go, right. Let's call it 60. And what yeah. I've done is um, we're getting like a, a small family contribution. So what I've done is I've sort of split it up. So I've projected how much we're going to be able to save in our joint account together by wedding date. Um, and so each has a, I've written like $60,000. I've been like family contribution. Um, joint account needs to contribute 20 grand to this, let's say 30 grand to this exercise. And then Glenn and Alicia both separately, because we do have some personal savings, we both mm. separately have to be prepared to chip in 10K. We have to have that money ready to go. Um, and we both do at the moment. So I think that's where the, I think probably the active saving is happening in the joint account. So like at the yeah. moment, I, I just paid, what did I pay? Accommodation. We've got like um, where we're getting married. There, it's also an Airbnb and there's some venues on site, like there's some rooms on site. And so I had to pay a bit of money for that. So now- Where the, are you getting married? Oh, it's in it's in Denmark. This is the exclusive. I haven't actually <laughs> said that. Denmark, yeah. which is six hour, five hour drive south from Perth, not in Europe. Oh, I was yeah. like, okay, Den- <laughs> not in yeah. Europe, definitely not. It okay. would not be costing. It would co- yeah. cost double if it was in Denmark. So yeah, it's that this- saves my follow up question of like, what's the connection with no, Denmark? No, it's so Europe? well. The connection with Denmark is that we went down there, and it's more just like it's let's say Margaret River vibes, sort of wine yeah. wine country esque. Um, we went down and stayed there last year before he proposed, and when. We stayed in one of the Airbnbs and they, they offered us a tour of the wedding venue and I, like, managed expectations. I was like, no, we're not there yet. But, like, obviously we will come have a tour. We're, we're very wow. – <laughs> I'm a people pleaser. And then yeah, when we yeah. were driving home, Glenn looked at me and was like, I would really like to get married there. And it was the first time that we, he, we'd ever really, like, talk, talked about the future. <laughs> So that was a soft proposal. It was a soft proposal, wasn't it? Oh my god, yeah. I was just. Oh, I'm well, there you go, run. Now. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, there you, you did. Yeah, so I, I just, it. I just had to pay. I'm trying to, and this is taking you back to personal finance and wedding. Well, I could do a whole podcast for you on wedding budget tips, but yeah, go on, do it. Um, you put it up. But, content. But um, can you do a guest host? Yeah, like absolutely. I would do that for you. I would find someone that. else to do it with. Yeah, and then you. we'll do a wedding budget special. Everything weddings. What yeah. I would encourage. Well, I don't want anything to do with it. I'll just <laughs> you can do it and record it. I'll connect you with Rach. Um, I would encourage people to, if you can. Oh my god, I got to tell you this one thing about our videographer. I just like fell mm. in love with this guy when he sent me this email. He was like, basically, if you pay upfront now, um. 
I will give you a discount because I can, you know, make interest on that by having that money for a longer period of time. I was like, you are absolutely my person. (laughs) And so I paid up front. No, I'm also thinking that's fine as long as you freaking show up. The worst thing, (laughs) creatives, listen here. You piss me off, you people. Really? Have you had The amount of times I've paid up front with creatives, they do all the work and they never deliver. Now, most of the time, I'll pay you half and you'll get the rest when you've freaking Now, deliver. you're making me nervous, but um, I've also just spoken about him on a, a global <laughs> podcast. So. What podcast was that? Yours. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think you did another cute. show. I forget that ours is around the world. <laughs> so, I would say, like, if you can... And if you feel safe about it and you don't think that the people are going to do a runner, like maybe do it for fixed things like the accommodation. I'm trying to pay some things like something that's going to cost me six grand. I would prefer to just pay that now than pay a grand now and then literally get everything's due a week before the wedding. And so I don't want to get to like a week before the wedding and then it's like, Oh, here you owe forty thousand dollars to all these vendors. Yeah, that's a bit savage. Yeah. So, in your self wealth account, what time do you need to go as well? Oh, probably like eight. Um, ten. Your time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've got a f- couple of minutes. Um, what are you investing in in your self wealth account? Oh, okay. So. Mostly I'm doing like a satellite core approach. Some oh, fancy. <laughs> some good et- solid solid ETFs. We've got like um usual suspects. I'm doing like VAS FE and yeah. Oh, IXJ, Global Healthcare, bought that at the beginning of COVID. I've got Asia. So all sort of just like general, a mix of uh, like uh, normal ETFs and thematic ETFs. And then I do indulge in a couple of, uh, then I would say to add to that, a couple of blue chips, like I bought CSL um, and a couple of speckies and I've had a mixed run. So mm. sometimes I'll just put a grand in and be like, let's see how this goes. And one of them just like, oh, he made me some money. I don't know why I called it a boy, but <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a it's a money maker. <laughs> yeah. So know, the older I get, I don't, yeah. My what are you doing? So, look, I I basically keep it simple. Yeah. I've got um, IVV. Yes. I've What's got that? the um, What's the descriptor. Uh, sorry, it's the. Uh, what is bloody mind blank? It is the BlackRock yeah S and P five hundred um, okay yeah fund in America. I don't like funds that are not domiciled in Australia. I've got A two hundred, which is a beta shares yes Aussie equity thing. So I've um, gone down the sort of like Vanguard route. You've gone like the more beta shares. Yeah, I mean, my I've got a um, and everyone's going to hate me for this because. Oh, I, I've got one, but scum. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I've got a um an investment bond. What's that mean? Well, it's isn't that it's, the really boring one that returns like? No, it's um investment bonds. The history lesson. It used to be they used to be whole life policies, and so it's a life insurance policy. And inside the policy, 
um, there was a portion of life insurance and a cash amount and you contribute to the policy and the cash grows over time and over time the life insurance component gets the premium from the money that you put in and the earnings on the account. But those policies really sucked. And if you died and, you know, you had cash left over, they would take the cash as well as the life insurance. Like, they would give you the life insurance but keep the cash. Like, they were just horrendous yeah. products. Uh, and they they were called whole-of-life policies or an, or an insurance bond. But the, the actual product is still around and they're taxed at the company tax rate. So, I've got a generation life investment bond, which is a basically a life po- contract that it's got no life insurance component. It's just got a menu of investment options. And in that, it's got the Vanguard Diversified High Growth Fund. Got it. Oh, uh, VDHG, that, which people yeah, because I'm hard. on the- yeah, and because I'm fortunate enough to be on the highest tax bracket, it makes sense for me um, to be taxed at a lower tax rate. And they, they've got like, um, and I do it for estate planning as well, not just tax. Um, but anyway, I don't want to get into the complexities of why I do stuff because it's my circumstance. Oh. But I just like to keep things simple. Yes. I pump superannuation. You know, we're recording this at the end of the financial year. I had actually a little bit of um, leftover bring forward or carry forward. Yeah, could you do a podcast on that stuff? Because like I'm pumping super in the sense that I'm doing the first home super saver scheme. So I've been doing like a personal contribution. Yeah, but that's technically... I wouldn't say that technically pumping super because it's just oh, a placeholder. Yeah, true. That 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 is true. That is true. So you, yeah, well, now I don't feel as accomplished, yeah. but I have been dropping like I had my savings bucket right, and like I just had you know X amount sitting in my ING savings, and knowing that I will probably eventually use that bucket of money anyway for a house deposit, I just transferred ten grand into. Super first home super saver scheme, and then you have to yeah, like nice. put in your notice of intent for the tax deduction, and I've done all that. But I would love to know more about the carryover stuff because I think eventually, once I stop salary sacrificing for first, we home sent you a book, saver, didn't we? Yeah, I've got it right yeah, next to me. <laughs> Chapter six. Oh, no, okay, seven. good. No, wait, I don't know. Whatever. I'll flip. But it's in it. there. Is there an index? Um, <laughs> hang on. A pen- an appendix. <clears throat> I'll tell you what page you need to read. Sort your money out and get invested. Um, it's a very nice. Can I ask, um, were you in like a studio for this picture? Uh, no, I was just in my own studio. Oh. Um, you know, it's what, it's what happens when you get professionals on the job. DJ. I really should read this book. It's got I've I've just flicked to one seven three and we're talking about it's very comprehensive examples of active um, funds. Actually, page two two six. Write that down. It's a bit of a chat around uh, the investment bonds that I just talked about, and then I actually. I use this more as just my handbook. So when I'm doing podcasts like this and you say to me like, oh, what's a, um, what's a bring forward and what's a carry forward? 
Um, yeah, this is your like, oh, I wrote it in my book. Hang yeah, on, let me yeah, just yeah. remember. Page, it's going to be page 280. Oh, my gosh. I'm just looking at the disclosures at the back. If you guys haven't already. Two, okay, write down this, sorry. Okay. 278. 278. Is that, that's carry, carryovers. Um, yeah, pre-tax uh, super contributions. Bang Oh, on. yeah, sorry, 277. 277. Yeah, so carry forward and bring forward. I talk about it all there. And you love salt and vinegar chips and Ben, ben and Jerry's triple caramel crunch. Yeah. That's in the back. So also bookmark 361 and you find out all the secrets about Glenn's disclosures. <laughs> yeah, well, I just figure, like, I got nothing to hide. I mean... Sure. I talk, like, and this is how, like, I mentioned Gumtree. Like, sell your crap on Gumtree. I'm like, oh, I may as well disclose that Gumtree did pay me once. Yeah, because, so. you know, Glenn, someone will hunt you down. Yeah, and someone will be like, they- he's just an advertisement for Gumtree. <laughs> he's getting paid. Someone the other day was like, because um, I use Vanguard as an example in this book a lot. And they're like, oh, it's just an advertisement for Vanguard. I'm like, well, no, it's just an example. Um at the time of print and even doing the disclosures, I had not ever earned one cent from Vanguard. We only just did some work for them in April this year. Like, yeah. And do you know what I would say to the people that like, you know, they, they might say to you like, I can't believe she gets like $7,000 for one Instagram post and I can't believe she gets paid to do that stuff. <laughs> it's like, shut up. You will do it if you had the chance. Absolutely. And I think I've been, I've had, I've had a lot of sensitivity around that. Like I, I do. And this is probably something that I could work through with a therapist, to be honest. But like, I, I do feel a lot of, I get worried about what people think about me. And, you know, uh, for instance, just this, probably like the last two weeks, I don't know how it's happened, but I just had like, I had basically sponsored content going up every day. And I try not to do that. Like I try to make it a bit more balanced. I think that like in order to do sponsored content, I do need to be sort of like sharing my life. And I I just don't want to be like absolutely sponcon all the time. Um, Mm. But it just all happened that it was just like day after day. And I felt I've, I've been in like an absolute anxiety, mess of anxiety thinking like, oh, I didn't mean for this to happen, but sorry, we got HelloFresh Tuesdays again. Yeah. (laughs) And I just, and I I do have to tell myself, like, I think, um, and that's that getting to my money mindset. Like it's why I've really delved into the influencing opportunity because it's been right there for me. I've built it up and who, who wouldn't like, it's just, yeah, I know. It's just like, also the socialist in me is like, yes, I will take this money, big, big amount of money from this multinational corporation. Like, no, I shouldn't. If Coke wants to pay me $10,000 for an Instagram post, Absolutely. Transfer and of I'll wealth. Send them, I'll send them Glenn's way as well because that's the type of person that I yeah, am. Yeah. Distribute I'm kind of, wealth. I hate ads, but I'll take the money. Um, I asked everyone who listens to the podcast in the Facebook group, I'm like, do you guys just want to pay a monthly thing? You can get the subscription, private RSS feed, no ads, no anything. And everyone's like, nah. I'll just... So, 
go past 30 seconds and that's what I expect a little bit from my Instagram like I'm like well I don't I don't begrudge someone for putting up like a Bondi boost advertisement I just I either watch it or I just click through it and say Mm. go girl you get that bag (laughs) so for those who have criticized my podcast for having too many ads uh to you I say kindly get a grip um because when you look at the content we produce. So, rate, normal radio for every hour, there's probably 18 minutes of ads, maybe 15 minutes, right? On our podcast, for every hour, there is probably less than two minutes of ads. Yeah. And that was what changed my mindset about what to charge big companies because I was, I maybe we talked about this before, but I was placing an ad in a local paper for a client and it was like a very small, very small local paper. And, and then it was, it, they were charging two grand for half a page that was going to run for one day. And I was like, yeah. okay. And I know their readership. I know how many followers I have. Uh, I need to be rethinking the way oh, totally. and that I do this. You know, we will finish. I've got a couple of two more questions to ask you, but, and I'll get Nathan to beat these names and the numbers out. Yeah. But um, have you dealt much with? Yes. Yeah. So they'll come to us and they'll be like, oh, we got this campaign. We got, you know, oh, our budget's dollars. I'm like, that's fine. It's if you want. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. So like you just I, ask. I love that the beefing is going to sound so salacious. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just. No, no, I, no. I, I agree. And I would like it being too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And as well, it's it's better because it's I run a private business. Um and and then like, um, and I'll get you to beat this out as well, Nathan. Like I did a webinar with, yeah, right. So they're like, um, we need to do a we-, we want to do a webinar, and I'm like, all right, it's you know we've got. They said like we've got little budget. I'm like, okay, well whatever, it's grand. And they're like, oh okay. Hit me up if you want that K webinar because I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, like I just, I'm of the view that all these big companies got big budgets. If you want me that much, yeah, you can pay. Yeah, that's true. Um, You're offering something. I, but as well, I'm not doing it just to gouge. I'm doing it because I need to guarantee as an employer that every single week, me and the four people, soon to be another employee, can receive money in their bank account every week. Absolutely. And I make no apologies for that. And it's just, yeah, you just- And, you're, you know, and you're, you've you, got much better intentions than me because you're actually supporting other people, in employment, jobs. <gasps> I am paying, well, I am indirectly paying for a wedding and supporting other people. Exactly. <laughs> you've got to pay for a meal for $150 a head. Oh my God, um, I know. <laughs> now, two final questions. Yes. Uh, do you give financially to charity? I do not at the moment. Uh, oh, actually, okay. no, sorry. I do. Mm. I do. And I've got to do it mm. today because it's, well, we're recording this on the 29th. Me and Glenn, each year, we do this thing and look it up because I, I won't go on too long about it, but it's called Impact 100. So mm. we connected to it through the Fremantle community here in Perth. And so basically it's a whole bunch of people. Um, and I actually don't know the internal working logistics of it, but when I first learned about it, I basically 
what you do is you donate $1,000. Um, there's another 100 people. And so that p- makes a pool of $100,000. And then basically we have these not-for-profits charities come on one night and they all present what they want to use the funding for. And then everyone, the community group votes. And then the, you know, the person who wins who pitched their project and through the process of the like shark tank pitch before that they're basically learning they have people who work with them um to like develop their presentation skills so they can then go talk to government or who private investors and so then one person gets a hundred thousand dollar grant to put towards whatever they do so i think uh, a couple of years past it's been like earbus or homeless healthcare and and um and then the other two pitches get ten thousand dollars to keep propelling their projects. So that's what we do um regularly each year. Um but I do think that I would like to set up some sort of recurring mm. fortnightly donation. Yeah. No, I would encourage you to do that to any charity of choice. And then secondly, what have you last watched on a streaming service? Oh, God. Oh, my God. No, I know. And I shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain because it was, it's that, um, it's that show, Keep, it's a new doco, Keep, Keep Sweet, sweet of Obey. 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 Oh, I finished that last night. How did it just like, oh, and then I'm lying my. in bed on Reddit looking at Warren Jeffs and I'm like, every time I thought that it was at its worst, it just kept getting... So much. I, I was like five minutes into the first episode. I'm like, this is human trafficking yes. and slavery. Yes. <laughs> but so, the, I thought at the end it was going to just all dissolve. It still exists. Yes, I know. And how good was that very, very subtle? I loved the way that they did it at the end. Oh, I don't want to really spoil it, but also they are still there. Basically, they had one documentarian sort of in, uh, it must be near the community, and he just mm. like ordered a drink from someone at a cafe. But you could see that they are in the very like traditional FDLS dress. Yeah. dress. And I just yep. thought that like they didn't have to say anything. And what you took away was like, wow, this community is still absolutely. So, everyone, imagine a country town of like 8,000 people all being in a cult. Yeah. That's what it is with one leader in prison for raping and, underage <laughs> girls. And it was it was quite interesting because Glenn and I were we were watching Keep Sweet, Pray in a Bay at the same time as we were doing a lot of driving and we were listening to a podcast called The Commune and it's about like a hyper-sex cult in New Zealand. So we're like from one side it's like this very restrictive sex environment except for like, you know, all of the disgusting things that happen and then we're listening to this other one where they're just like having sex in front of kids. And anyway, I probably need to like (laughs) watch Mm. something a little bit lighter. Maybe I'll pivot to some reality. TV. Well, I mean, it is. Oh, well, that was as reality yeah, as it gets, if I'm being honest. Oh, but no. yeah, I've, I've just finished that and it's just so crazy and as if the stuff hasn't stopped going on in there. Yeah. And there was like, they took, so basically everyone will finish up. There was one part of it where they built a new compound in Texas to, to hide from the authorities that's still there today. And the town in, um, I think it was Arizona, where the 
they kind of started, they took like 500 kids from their parents, mainly young girls, and had all these kids in the compound. Like it's just, oh. I definitely, it's it's a really, I really enjoy, um, I really enjoy documentaries that, Basically, it was done very well. Open well. open my eyes to something like I was sitting there watching this being like, how did I, how have I been moving through the world and I'm not aware of this absolute atrocity? Mm. So Yeah, it's um it's wild. So wild. A gripping watch. Well, when do you want to do the um the guest host wedding episode? Oh well, I'll start putting my feelers out to someone who might want to do it for with me. Who would you, yeah, get someone. I wonder, oh, maybe would Victoria Devine's getting. Yeah, do it with her. She's getting married as well. So maybe if yeah, you, you can you know connect her? us. No, I haven't I haven't talked to her yet, but I, she's on my list. Yeah, the only thing is she might be doing her own <laughs> yeah. thing on her own She really podcast. is like, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll no, have a think. Have a think. Find someone else that you can do yes. it with. Okay. Um. It's on my to-do list. Yeah. I have to go to work. Yeah, I need to go and get a coffee and wake up. So Best in vas. (laughs) Yes. All right. Good hustle. And we'll um, we'll just email me. Yes. um, When you want to record or whatever. I'll see you on August 5th. Yes. Yay. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited for a wine and buy your tickets to the live shows. Awesome. Oh, actually... JP in my team's getting married soon, so you can just do it with her if you want. Yeah, epic. Let's do it. And she's like heaps frugal tight ass. Oh, and she won't good. And I'm that. probably so could, not being as yeah, frugal could, as I should be. You could balance. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, we'll um, talk to you soon. Bye, Glenn. Bye. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports a variety of charities, and we encourage you to consider giving as part of your overall financial strategy. If you would like some giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to mymillennial.money forward slash charities for more info. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.